Nitish, tell us a little bit about Astrogate and how did the idea come about for this? Sure. Thanks, Vaishnavi, for having me, you know, on, on this uh, podcast. Uh, before, you know, uh, the, I dive deeper into how Astrogate apps came into being. I just want to, you know, spend some time uh, how we stumbled upon the problem and that's what Astrogate Labs is solving. So, I actually graduated from IIT Kharagpur uh, in aerospace engineering. Right from my college years, I was more involved into the space technology area and I wanted to, you know, do my, have my career in that. I got a very uh, great opportunity to work with team Indus, who were the only Indian intern to the Google X Prize. And uh, that gave me immense opportunity and learning about the space technology sector as well. Uh, I was mostly tasked with, you know, uh, the mission planning and operations team, uh, right, uh, right from my career there and later lead, I also led up the mission planning and operations team there. One of the few things that I noticed, you know, is about space communication in itself and how, you know, it's, it's a real challenge for any satellites, uh, that goes up to communicate back and forth. Uh, I will dive deeper into the exact problem that, that we stumble in, uh, you know, for the Google Lunar X Prize, the main task was to launch a lander, uh, land on the surface of the moon and then have a rover send back high definition images and videos. Okay. Uh, for lunar distances, uh, if you talk about the current ground station network, if you want to talk to them, uh, there are only certain agencies that you can get the big antennas from. And we are talking about antennas around 20 meters to, you know, 30 meters in diameter. Uh, they are only available with the NASA Deep Space Network, ESA DSN, and uh, the ISRO ISN networks. One of the major problems was first, even with those big, huge antennas, one is obviously the cost, the cost of operating those antennas and all that is much, much larger. But it's also the bandwidth. You're not able to even squeeze, you know, 10 Mbps of a link. And that was just not enough. So what I wanted to explore more is what is the actual private sector doing about this? I learned that mostly private sector, uh, you know, the satellites right now is mostly smaller satellites and they work on the lower orbit environment. There we are seeing data demands in excess of over, uh, you know, 100 gigabyte per satellite per data. But the RF spectrum is uh, scarce. The problem is it cannot sustain the data rates. Uh, it requires huge antennas and obviously more operational expenditure. And as well as there is a spectrum issues. As more uh, satellites are going up uh, in, in this orbit, they're also causing uh, you know conflicts between uh, the spectrum usage. Because the beam is broad, it's very easier for the satellite to also you know uh, come within that vicinity and not being able to use that frequency. So those were the challenges that we wanted to solve. And that's how Astrogate Labs came into being by the end of 2017. Uh, and then we are specifically solving space communication challenge, but we are working in, at a different technology area to solve that. So could you talk us through the solution that you work on and provide an example of how you've solved uh, for a complex problem for your client? Right. So one of the problems, uh, I will talk about a particular uh, sector in, in the whole private uh, sector, a private space sector that they are solving it for. Uh, one of the use cases, you know, is the growing Earth observation uh, constellations. So these are uh, satellite constellations, mostly smaller satellite constellations in low Earth orbit. And they routinely do imaging of the, it would be in the visible band or passive images, active images, lot. The main problem is uh, these satellites are generating a lot of data. 
and the current uh, you know uh, the ground station whether they will put an rf transmitter on board their spacecraft and then look for rf ground station antennas the problem is they are not able to download much of data in fact more than you know 60 to 70% of the time they have to uh, compromise on the quality of the data or the quantity of the data they are between uh what we wanted to solve this is you know first is obviously boost the amount of data rates and the way we are doing it is we are not relying on rf uh, the system the technology that we have built in house is laser communication solution so instead of using rf we use laser beams to transmit a lot of data you can actually relate this to you know terrestrial optical fiber communications uh, optical as we know is very very ubiquitous it's provides a large large amount of bandwidth in that sense the only key difference is in terrestrial optical fiber communications we have an optical fiber that's a medium but uh, in terms of when we are uh, interfacing or communicating with a satellite uh, the medium is basically free space so we have a laser beam that needs to be pointed to the satellite and vice versa back to the ground station to transmit that data what we were able able to achieve is most of the rf standard uh, hardware and the ground station that you will see that's you know more for the smaller satellites they can only do more about 20 megabits to 50 megabits of a link within that same small form factor and almost the same price point we are able to boost this to up to 1 gigabit per second of a link and this is done with two of our product pieces so let's say you have a satellite up in up in space you can readily equip your satellite with our flight terminal uh, that's already qualified and then we are building a network of optical ground stations uh, globally that so whenever your satellites are up in up, uh, up in space you can communicate back to the ground stations that's inherently what we are doing uh, to a few global customers out there uh while the flight terminal is already ready we are working on the ground terminal and you know deploying the optical ground stations by next year What are your thoughts on space tech startups position in India? So you know, uh, uh, because uh, there's two questions. One is obviously how the space tech startup is itself doing, and you know the whole community at large, which includes the regulators and other other things uh, within it. On the space uh, sector startups, if I talk about you know, it's really interesting if you see uh, in India. the startups actually covering the whole gamut of space applications and hardware that's that's not to be seen much outside and obviously considering that space technology in india is you know in its early phases but there's a lot of push that has been given by the regulators itself uh we talk about the setting up of in space and you know the policies that are coming about in uh, earth observation related uh, things space communication and the recent one that they have released out is uh, the space transportation Yeah, so the regulators are providing the push, but it's a startups. I think that they are, you know, in in the space technology sector. I should say, space is obviously uh, the sky is itself not the limit. So they are going beyond. We have companies that are actively pursuing launch vehicles. Uh, we have companies who are building constellations of satellites for Earth observations, communication satellites, and then we also have the you know uh, downstream applications uh, which the startups are targeting. which is earth observation data analytics uh, gnss uh, iot communication and all so we have all gamut of applications and if you see over the last 2 years you know a lot of indigenous technology has also been developed and i think over in the next few years we'll definitely see 
the key benefits that comes out of it as india i think will definitely become one of the go to market for space technology in in the private sector so we have done till now we have done pre series round uh, we a pre series round and then we obviously got a few grants and all covered some of the cash flows in total of funding we have raised close to around point uh, 0.7 million dollar uh currently we are on track to raise a series a as we are seeing you know much growth in uh, in in uh, in the use of our products and also you know multiple use cases have come up uh, within this area with that funding uh, we are able to accomplish you know the product development of uh, the flight terminal itself that we have already completed we are also you know working on a schedule for a launch so we have a satellite a 3u small satellite coming up uh, by the end of the year which will be used to demonstrate the space to ground so it will be equipped with our uh, flight terminal that's already been qualified and the ground station that we are actually putting up in australia what are the challenges that you have to encounter when you have to uh, go beyond borders now that you're putting a ground station in australia and there's stiff competition from the us and there are there's competition in space tech within india as well because there are a lot of these startups mushrooming how do you deal with this how do you navigate this yeah so uh, first is i think companies or people who are already working in the space technology you know they see that it, it's a global market it's it's never regional uh because most of the applications or even uh, if i talk about astrogates uh, market it's for or the clientele itself there are companies building constellations of satellites and and those are global so so that's that's what we are targeting to but obviously there are more indigenous uh, use of the technology itself in in different cases uh whether it's government or even even the defense side of thing because space always has you know a, a bit of a defense attached to it Uh, most of the companies that you see in space they also have sort of a defense uh, target application uh, or area that they are serving in in terms of navigating this you know one of the challenges is uh, the product that you are building obviously it requires a lot of testing right uh, space especially space companies who want to include your product or even buy the satellite itself that they are putting in space they want something called as a flight heritage right Uh, that means the equipment that you service is actually proven up in space uh, that limits their risk it's not easier like you cannot go and replace the product there so it's always a risk and that's uh, you know inherent uh, bottleneck that any space company has to do if if they are doing a hardware business in in space technology so that's actually was was our core focus area and we are able to navigate this part with our first launch apart from that in terms of uh, you know uh, deploying the satellite or the ground stations uh, there are regional policies that that's in the works but uh, they are also taking shape uh, to the international standards as well so there's a bit of time as as you can say between satellite launch uh, launch and as well as regular doing the paperwork for this it takes time normally it can take almost 6 months to 6 months to a year but we have been very uh, you know uh, we we have been very lucky that that's coming along for us so those are a bit of challenges that 
inherently goes when we are talking about space technology business. One is obviously uh, proving the flight edge of the product, and if you are setting up for a global customer client base, setting up ground stations and across, you have to nav navigate those regional policies where you want to set up the ground stations. So, so those are some of the issues, and that's we are actively navigating towards. Nitish, what are your future plans for Astrogate? Yeah, Astrogate Labs, you know, want to solve the whole space communication challenge, and the way we want to do it is, you know, have a total space communication network with our laser communication solutions. Uh, we are actually started uh, along that plan. So we, we have already have a flight terminal, a ground terminal, a ground station deployment uh, globally that we want to carry out forward in the next year. Apart from that, we also you know, want to concentrate more on the bigger class of satellites. As right now, we are talk talking about small sector, uh, the small satellite constellation within the private sector. But we are also navigating you know, for a bigger satellite, uh, which are mostly in for the space agencies or the defense one sector, where we can uh, uh, build a build our laser communication terminal and inherently scale our data is over 5.6 gps so those are other products that we have in plan to come up uh, other area that we are actively solving in, in this scenario is right now we are working on more space to ground communication so there's flight in the ground terminal we are also actively working towards intersatellite communication so if, if you talk about uh, you know uh, uh, i think you would be knowing about the starlink constellations and all yeah. that's yeah. the global broadband right the need there is uh, intersatellite links and intersatellite links obviously at a very high speed and laser communication terminals are the only way to do it uh, it you know it, it's it has the lowest form factor that you, know, you can put into the satellite and save some mass there as well as you save an additional uh, on the spectrum licensing since you don't need that for it and it's also secure so that's what we are also working towards and these plans will materialize over the next year or so awesome Awesome. We'll also look forward to the launch, Nitish, and I hope it materializes soon. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. It is a pleasure hosting you.